everyone, and welcome to the Movie Shed Podcast. I am, of course, your cinema-loving, shed-dwelling host, Mike. Oh, man. Do you remember when The Da Vinci Code came out? First the book, and then the film. You might remember the hoopla and the controversies around the book and movie from the religious communities. Interesting times, indeed. Now, I'm not going into the book or the implications of the books. It's, that is beyond the scope of this show. What I'm going to focus on is the films derived from those books. And since there are three films to discuss, let's take them one at a time. And in the order of release, shall we? Now, the first film is, of course, The Da Vinci Code released in 2006. Uh, it was panned by critics, and yet it was topping the box office earnings. To say there were conflicting views would be an understatement. In my opinion, Da Vinci Code was not a horrible movie, as many critics opined. There were some moments that felt like bloat, but overall the film was serviceable and told a compelling story, as was clearly evidenced by its box office earnings. For a first movie based on one of Dan Brown's books, it was a solid one, as it earned its money. Yeah, sure, critics panned it and Catholics hated it. Even some countries banned it. But that led, ultimately, I think, to its appeal for general audiences. But we'll get into that more on later. So... First film adaptation of one of Dan Brown's books was a financial success and really wormed its way into the public's mind. It became an object of discussion among friends, points of debate among the talking heads with the film's portrayal of the Catholic Church, and of the conspiracy fodder that it dealt in. In short, it was a phenomenon. Well, after such a success... You know the studio immediately began looking for the next big hit, the next big payday. And Dan Brown had written other books. So, inevitably, we, the movie-going public, were going to get a follow-up on Dr. Langdon's adventures. And we didn't have to wait long. In 2009, Angels and Demons came out in theaters to... Mixed reviews. And holding number nine spot in the box office earnings worldwide. Seems like a pattern. This film has more action than its predecessor, and the critics approved as it made the film more interesting. In my opinion, Angels and Demons was a decent movie. It had good action sequences, and the puzzle solving was an interesting spin on an old conspiracy theory. Uh, Angels and Demons, it involved the Illuminati, while the first film, Da Vinci Code, focused on the Knights Templar. Now, the studio had two financial hits with Dan Brown's novels, so of course there were going to be more. After all, they went to the well of Dan Brown and pulled up tons of cash. You know they were going to dip into that well again. And lo and behold, in 2016, Inferno was released. And 
Well, critics savaged it. Now, it earned its money. You know, it had a $75 million production budget. And its earnings of $220 million, while it's not the greatest spread ever, but it wasn't a flop either. Inferno itself continued to lean into the action, as Angels and Demons did, but did away with basing threats and conspiracy theory fodder like the Illuminati, instead focusing on a puzzle created by some dude using Dante's Inferno as his inspiration. <sighs> now, I have reviewed Inferno for this show, and I think I should give some depth to that review here. I hated Inferno. I found the story to be a bore. The whole shaky cam thing in a large number of the scenes to be headache-inducing. They just gave me a freaking headache. And the puzzle centering around Dante's Inferno, it was an afterthought. Whereas in the previous two films, the puzzles are what led Langdon to the solution in this, Dante's Inferno is glanced at, and forgotten for a while, and then occasionally reappears. But they were fleeting. They're there to remind the audience that, yes, there is a puzzle, and hey, look, it involves Dante's Inferno, sort of. Honestly, after the very first puzzle, it just became focusing on Dante and his life. It stopped being about the Inferno, it just began to focus on Dante. And then, kind of in a glancing manner. I really do find this movie to be a chore to watch, and I watch some pretty awful movies for fun. This one just left me bored and with a headache. If you've listened to this show for any length of time, you might have guessed that the cardinal sin I have when it comes to films is don't bore me. This film bored me. So, anyway, how did this property make so much money while having such serious flaws in its storytelling? I have a theory, and it involves human psychology. Let me explain. When The Da Vinci Code came out, there was a controversy surrounding the movie's source material from religious groups mainly the Catholic Church. When the film adaptation was announced, these same groups began to scream loudly about it, demanding it be removed from theaters, and, when no one listened, to boycott the film instead. Why is this significant? It's simple. It was great advertisement for the film, and the studio didn't have to pay for any of it. Think about it. Major news networks were talking non-stop about your movie and the people screaming about it 24-7. You can't buy that kind of publicity. Naturally, people were curious about this quote-unquote controversial film and went to see it. The explanation for the bad reviews and it making money at the box office is down to the fact general audiences are more forgiving than critics. And some critics were motivated by religious indignation, which skewed their reviews to the negative. Now, that's not all critics, but some. Especially if you're a movie critic with the Christian Science Monitor, 
I'm thinking that you're you have some biases. Just saying. The Dan Brown movie adaptations were financial successes. Let's make no bones about that. But did not become cultural touchstones as other movies had, like Star Wars. And then there's a reason for that. You see, it, it relied on the notoriety of the first film and the author of the source material. And that had diminishing returns. And so, these films follow the tried-and-true movie-sequel curve. Uh, if you're not familiar with this particular little axiom of films, it goes a little something like this. The first film does well. The second film, the first sequel, it does okay. It's good, but not as good as the first. And then the film that follows it, the third, doesn't do very well at all, or flops. That's the, that's the sequel curve. Now, Inferno was not a flop, as I have stated. But it made less money than Angels and Demons, which made less money than The Da Vinci Code. That was the pattern it followed, making less money with each film iteration. <sighs> so, the question now is, will the studio make another Dan Brown film? My guess is... No. The last film made its money, but only just. Now, you might be kind of curious about that one. I mean, $75 million versus 220 But like I said, the $75 million was the production cost. The one cost that studios never divulge is the advertising cost, which is usually one and a half times what the production cost is. And honestly, I, I don't remember a whole lot in the way of advertising for Inferno, so they might have skimped on it. But it's usually safe to say about, let's, let's say at least with Inferno, uh, Seventy-five million plus another seventy-five million. It's about one hundred and fifty million. One hundred fifty million minus two twenty. You can kind of see at that point where the actual take-home would be. So it didn't make nearly enough. So no, the last film it made its money, but only just. So another film, honestly, if you're if you're familiar with the film curve, might actually cost the studio money next time around. It could actually be a huge flop, and they lose cash. So that's just too big a risk to take. Now, in my honest opinion, the first two films, they have flaws. But they're not game-breaking flaws. They're irritations. In my case, they're merely minor irritations, your mileage may vary. Now, the third film is awful, and it's not worth watching, in my opinion. As to the controversies, well, the controversies really only came around for the first one. And I never took the films as anything more than popcorn fodder. An e evening's entertainment, nothing more. So the whole controversy thing just kind of blew over my head. 
I guess apathy can have its perks sometimes. Now, just as kind of the finishing up of the whole thing, is, is it worth watching today? You know, when I went and watched Inferno, for the first time, I'd actually watched in order. I'd watched The Da Vinci Code, and then I watched Angels and Demons, and then I watched Inferno. You know, the Da Vinci Code, with its flaws, if you uh, were interested and kind of liked it back in the day, you'll probably still like it today. I mean, it holds up. It's a little slow, but it holds up. Angels and Demons, if you liked it, it still holds up. It still works. It's a little screwy with its story and plot, but, you know, hey, it is what it is. Inferno doesn't hold up for shit. It's awful. Again, that's my opinion. Just my opinion, but I stand behind that opinion because I hate that thing. It needs to die in a fire. Ugh. Well, it was, I will say this, it was an interesting topic to research and share with all of you. And I hope you might have gained something from this, maybe a little bit of insight into how the studios were thinking. Though I do find it interesting, the very short turnaround time you had between Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons, and then such a long period of time afterwards to get to Inferno. And we didn't even get into the fact that Angels and Demons, chronologically speaking from the book series, is the first book, followed by the Da Vinci Code. And I think Inferno was the fourth book. So there was a third book they completely skipped over. So I guess there's possibility, but again, I highly doubt it. Ugh. And I think I've yammered on enough about this particular subject for today. And I think it's time to close up the shed. But, as always, I will see y'all next time.